Vegas Inc. Radio. I'm Dylan Goldberg, host of the show and business editor of Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. Over the next half hour, we'll be discussing possible taxi strike in Las Vegas, a new development in Macau. But first, we turn our attention to the Las Vegas Strip. One casino there closed recently, another rebranded with a new uh, company, and the sportsbook saw record sales and wins on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Joining us to talk about that is reporter Ron Sylvester. Welcome, Ron. Well, hi. Hi. Um, so you've been up and down the strip, as you normally are. And let's say uh, goodbye to Bill's first. Uh, Bill's Gambling Hall and Saloon is no longer. Yeah, uh, the doors closed at um, noon last Monday. And uh, they um, are, are going to be closed for the next year as Caesars Entertainment uh, revamps it and... Um, uh, rebrands it as a new uh, casino, new resort, new um, uh, name, and uh, you know it used to it, it opened at the Barbary as the Barbary Coast in like 1979, and that building stood there on um, uh, less than an acre of land. It was one of the smallest um, one of the smallest lots on the Strip, but it stood there. Uh, well, uh, you know, 1979, that's forever by Vegas standards. Absolutely. And so it's been, uh, how long has it been Bill's? Well, it's been Bill's since about 2007 is when um, uh, Caesars Entertainment took it over. It was then Harrah's. And, of course, Bill was, was Bill Harrah, their founder. And uh, But before that, it was the Barbary Coast. It was one of the, the uh, coast casinos uh, by Michael Gahn. And it was, um, uh, you know, when it when it opened, it, it like cost something like eleven million dollars, which I think a bargain. Later, yeah, later um, they sold uh, the land for more than they built it for uh, in 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 the early two thousands. But it was, um, uh, you know, it, 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 it was quite an iconic structure, and, I, and a lot of people were upset. I got a lot of uh, uh, calls and things after the story ran uh, that that you know people uh, are, are always kind of upset when when um, uh, an iconic landmark like that uh, you know shuts down and is changing. But this is part that you know this has always been part of um, uh, a bigger vision uh, for Caesars. It was like. Uh, included uh, in in the 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 big purchases they were making when they ended up owning uh, the east side of the strip, and except for the MGM Grand, but but uh, you know this is one of those the, those purchases, and I think when they took it over in 2007, they always knew that they were going to make a change, and and this kind of goes along with the new Link project and the um, uh, renaming of uh, uh, and rebuilding of the Imperial. Palace. They're doing a. They're they're doing uh, a lot of the same things uh, at what is now the Quad, but it used to be the Imperial Palace. But but for bills, they just shut it down for a year to redo it. And the Imperial Palace slash now the Quad, which is actually getting a new sign this week and as we speak, um, that never shut down. That the 
renovations happened while it was still serving people. Yeah, and I mean it's still it's still ongoing. You can you can go down the strip and see the the scaffolding, and you can actually watch the uh, front of the the old Imperial Palace just you know peel off uh, before your eyes. And uh, but but bills they shut down, and it's it's kind of. You know, a, a, a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of the younger people who go to the Strip, really loved Bill's because, uh, like O'Shea's before it, it was, uh, you know, kind of one of the the less expensive places. Um, you know, people kind of like that, that grittiness of the old, I call it the grittiness, but the grittiness of the old Vegas, that's a nice way of saying it was really smoky and, and uh, inexpensive. But, uh, but 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 people like to you know it was a party place. People like to um, uh, party there, and 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 uh, they kind of lament, you know, when those places shut down. And we've heard about Dre's, the after hours club that's going to be on the top floor pool um, outdoor club. What other changes are in store for? Well, they're going to put a restaurant up on the second floor. They've got the rooftop um, Dre's going in. I mean, all the, the all the rooms are going to be remade, new casino. I mean, you know, basically everything. I, I don't know if much is going to be left of that uh, building except for maybe the, the the you know the bare bones of it before they rebuild it. And we don't know what its new name is going to be yet. No. No, they're they're going to rename it something. Um, you know, people were surprised about the quad. We'll see how uh, you know what what they come up with for for Bill's gambling hall. Absolutely, and the quad are the renovations as uh, extreme there, or it's more just a facelift. Are the rooms getting redone in the casino? The, yeah, they're, they're the, I mean, the whole casino is getting redone. They're expanding the casino at the quad. It's it's going to be a. Uh, I mean, and and the outside of it is is going. To be redone too by the same people who did uh, Red Rock, and so that's going to get a, a really spiffy new look. And 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 r- right around that corner there, uh, you know, it's 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 all going to lead into the new Link project with the high roller. So you know, it's it, you know, it's it, it's about making that corner kind of fit in with the rest of uh, uh, you know the the project as the new entertainment uh, and you know, uh, retail district. And where does uh, construction on the link stand? What's going on there? The, uh, well, the, 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 you can watch the, the big, uh, Ferris wheel or observation wheel. I mean, you can kind of watch that go up and, uh, there's just a lot of activity, but, but it's, it's not, except, you know, there's, there's things on the quad. There's, there's, there's things being done in, in, in front of the casinos, but most of it's kind of going on back behind the flamingo. Can you see giant Ferris wheel sticks like you can down by Mandalay Bay? Um, you know, that's that's going a little bit slower. You can see them actually because the the buildings are so, so tall on the strip. You can actually see them better from Koval. Gotcha. Um, well, let's move down the strip and off the strip a little bit to the LVH. Uh, they recently announced a new partnership with the Red Lion. Yeah, you know, and and the LVH has been struggling for the last couple of years. They they uh, lost the the Hilton name, although people still around uh, town call it uh, the Las Vegas Hilton. It's now the the H stands for hotel. It's now the LVH. You know, in the Las Vegas Hotel, but you know they 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 lost that around 2011. They were uh, they went into foreclosure. They were sold to um, the uh, investors uh, affiliated with Goldman Sachs, and so they've really been, kind of been struggling. So they signed this new um, 
kind of licensing agreement with uh, Red Lion, which is a um, uh, hotel chain that um, owns and or operates uh, about 48 uh, properties, mostly on the West Coast in Canada, uh, Seattle, Anaheim, uh, Portland, uh, places like that. And they're kind of mid-priced hotels. And then they, they decided they wanted to kind of um, upgrade and, 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 and get some kind of, you know, what they call uh, premium properties. So they, they started this new um, kind of, you know, um, uh, luxury brand. And uh, the LVH is the first one uh, to, to sign with that. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny because uh, the LVH has almost 3,000 rooms and uh, the uh, Red Lion chain itself uh, has 48 hotels and they've got a total of 9,000 rooms. So this ups their rooms by a third, uh, you know, their, their room inventory. But what this does for the LVH is it gives them uh, access to uh, Red Lion's database, uh, the people who are, um, you know, have, are, are members of their loyalty, um, uh, you know, customer brand. They can, they can use that to get um, uh, discounts and things with uh, the LVH. And so the LVH looks at this as a move that will, you know, up their room occupancy. And so it's kind of a, um, it's, it, it's kind of a good thing for both of them because um, uh, Red Lion has more rooms it can market and the LVH can take advantage of an established uh, brand that, uh, you know, will get marketing from uh, Red Lion, will get uh, uh, advertising from there and and uh, hopes that they can help fill their rooms. Do you think it dilutes the appeal of the LVH? I mean, to be associated with the chain part of the appeal of Vegas is it's unlike anything else. So if you're staying at a Red Lion, do you think that'll hurt LVH in relation to its competition? Well, you know, that's, that's difficult to say because, um, you know, uh, the... Uh, I mean, I mean, these these resorts have become chains. I mean, I mean, Caesars runs Caesars and MGM run um, uh, hotels all over, the, you know, and casinos all over the country. Uh, and even the Cosmopolitan is uh, tied in with the Marriott brand. And so um, you can have, um, you, you, you know, so I. I I think you know for some of these uh, you know properties that have been struggling, you know it right now it seems like a good deal. I mean, only time will tell whether this particular chain will kind of you know help restore them. I, I I know that they've struggled since they've lost that Hilton brand, and while Red Lion isn't exactly Hilton, uh, you know it it does give them some of those same advantages. Absolutely, and as a, a customer, if I walk into the lobby in a couple months, will I? see anything different than I would have you might previously. see a little you might see a little sign that that distinguishes them but 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 one of the things about this is that you get to keep you get to keep your uh, local management you get to keep your your sign your brand there's no plans to change the name and so uh, but you just get access to their um, their uh, reservation database and and some of the amenities that that come along with having an established um, uh, company like uh, you know a, a, you know 
kind of kind of a, you know a broader scope. Um, you know, it helps with online reservations and stuff like that. The LVH will still have its sales department, and it will still continue to sell. Uh, its meeting space and its uh, and its hotel on its own. This just helps them. So now instead of, you know, one department uh, trying to sell all those hotel rooms, it's um, uh, now you've got, um, you know, the, you know, the, the, it's kind of like adding an extra sales staff. So you know, I mean, we'll see if uh, Red Lion is, you know, strong enough to support this. Like I said, they've got a lot of uh, hotels and a lot of uh, uh, customers who come. To the West Coast, so now that they now they can use it to market Las Vegas too. Well, that'll be interesting to see a change on the strip. Um, let's talk about um, Super Bowl. That's already last week, and many people have moved on. But um, it was quite a good day for the casinos and the sports books. Um, it was the twentieth time in the last twenty-two years the casinos won money on the Super Bowl. Um, Ron Sylvester, who I'm talking with here on Vegas Inc. Radio, you spoke to some of the handicappers that um, maybe not, don't make a living on this, but at least uh, make a lucrative hobby out of it. Right, and by the way, they they they, they also won money off me too. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> I, to I hear lost, that. I lost money on that, but uh, but it is kind of fun. No. Uh, we we had talked to a few people who aren't professionals. I mean, the sports books do draw, you know, quite a few people who, you know, make their full living off of betting sports. And um, uh, I'm, I'm glad it's not my job. But, th- but there are a few people who are, who have become so successful as amateurs that other people will listen to them. And, and, and we talked to a few of those. Um, there was a Brady Cannon who runs a uh, golf service here, where he uh, you know hooks people up with with golf courses and tee times and and things like that. And and he has um, uh, he, he and his buddies have won uh, the big uh, handicapping um, uh, contest at the LVH during football season and 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 not. Not this year, but in 2011, and they they took home. There was four of them, and they took home like three hundred thousand dollars. Not bad. In picking yeah, and picking the best games, you know, uh, makes my uh, uh, fifty dollar loss looks look pretty me- measly. But um, they, you know, but 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 he bets every week and uh, has gotten. Um, you know, uh, kind of, kind of his own following on Twitter, and uh, he's. Um, He's, uh, you know, been uh, invited to, this year he was invited to, uh, you know, kind of be one of the experts, um, you know, for one of the gaming publications here in town. So he's he's, he's become pretty um, uh, fluent in that. And then uh, Kelly Stewart is a cocktail waitress at uh, Hyde Nightclub at the Bellagio. And she's, she, she's won like uh, uh, six... Uh, a half dozen or more parlays uh, since last year, and so she's you know, and and, and if you you know uh, bet a hundred dollars on those, you can win six thousand. So she's she, she's done that. She runs a, um, a website called Hottie Handicappers. Um, and has done some um, uh, videos on YouTube for Don Best Sports, but she but it, but she 
picks her, you know, own games and uh, uh, also is, uh, um, you know, kind of kind of has been featured around town. And then there's um, a uh, third guy who just goes. He goes by uh, his name's Larry. Larry Kozarski, and but he goes by Larry K. Everybody knows him as Larry K. And he's a, he's an auto salesman in town, and he um, um, writes uh, for uh, Anthony Curtis's uh, Las Vegas. Uh, advisor uh, on a, um, uh, a subscription um, uh, kind of conversation board where people share their, their their thoughts about sports betting, and he bets like every day, and so uh, they they don't make their living at that, but they are uh, you know pretty good. Although they all uh, like the 49ers to win, and they were all wrong. I was just going to ask how they did on their bets. Well, that's no good. But you know they, they but 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 but. When you are doing sports uh, betting on this level, they they were actually none of them were actually really that interested in the outcome of the game. They were they were uh, on they were more interested in all the prop bets and all the side bets that you can do. Now, did they bet on Alicia Keys uh, under over for the national anthem? Yeah, now I yeah I don't know uh, you know what their prop bets because when I when I talked to them they were still kind of trying to figure out because there are hundreds of these things and they were kind of trying to figure out which ones were bet best. But when it comes down to the Super Bowl, that's what they're more you know that's what the real serious people better betters uh, are interested in rather than the outcome of the game. I, I know I sat over um, I, I watched the game over at the Palms and you could kind of see like because they redo the prop bets for halftime and you could kind of see the lines go up and down and 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 the people there were just you know putting down bets you know throughout the game absolutely well you and me both were part of the almost 99 million dollars that uh gamblers wagered statewide and the casinos did quite well how'd you do not so well (laughs) although i went on alicia keith (laughs) Um, All right. Well, for all of those listening, you're listening to Vegas Inc. Radio. Um, We're part of Waking Up with the Sun. We're here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. I'm your host, Ellen Goldberg, business editor of Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. Joining us now is reporter Rick Villada. Welcome, Rick. Hi, Dylan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, You recently reported on our favorite Steve Wynn and his Wynn Resorts. They are expanding further into Macau, like many of these other casino companies. Yeah, the, the thing about the uh, the resort that uh, he's talked about in um, in Macau, and, and this is, for, for those who haven't really been there, there are two kind of sections of Macau. One is the old peninsula part of the city, and then the other is uh, what they call the Kotai Strip. It's kind of a duplication of the Las Vegas Strip. And uh, it's really amazing in, in China, they don't have any wide boulevards at all, but yet the Kotai Strip where all these resorts are, it's uh, the, the, this broad street. I don't think people know what to do about it. Uh, anyway, that's where the new resort is going to be. It's a $3.5 billion project that, um, that Mr. Wynn has talked about putting together. And really in this last conference call that he had on his earnings report, he, he gave a lot more detail about this resort than he's ever given. And what what are some of those details? What can we expect? Well, uh, it sounds like it's going to be it's going to have a lake in the middle of it, kind of like Bellagio, isn't that uh, unusual? That I was going to say, where did you get that idea? <laughs> and fountains, so that uh, the fountain idea. Of course, the uh, Wind Macau also has fountains, but I thought it sounds to me like this is going to be quite a bit more elaborate. And the reason why I say that is because he's also going to have some kind of an aerial tram system that will transport people 
from the a, a drop-off point in in front of the resort, go uh, along and around the uh, the lake, and then finally into the into the resort property. Uh, it's all they're all going to be uh, air conditioned and music playing in them. So uh, it sounds to me like a, a pretty elaborate uh, Steve Wynn creation, and we're we're all used to around here seeing some of the creativity that comes out of him. And the light rail is pretty significant in that it can ferry people from the ferry stop and the right, airport, bring right. tourism in. There, the, one of the things that uh, that Macau is doing is a, a considerable amount of infrastructure within the community, including the uh, construction of a light rail system uh, that would run along that Kotai Strip. The, the wind property will be the very first stop on that light rail off of the ferry. When you, when you travel from Hong Kong to, to Macau, you, you take a 45-minute ferry trip, and you can go to one of two uh, uh, wharfs that, that they have. Well, one of them is specifically suited for the Kotai Strip, where uh, Las Vegas Hands has its Venetian Macau property. So the very first stop on that light rail going along the Kotai Strip will be in front of Mr. Wynn's Resort. And I'm sure he's very excited about that. Absolutely. That's great for business. And this is set to open around 2016 in time for the Chinese New Year. Right. Uh, in, in fact, uh, the groundbreaking is scheduled today. Today is uh, Chinese New Year, and uh, uh, he's got a three-year uh, construction uh, uh, schedule set up, and he is hoping, I think, to have that open in time for the 2016 Chinese New Year. It's amazing. Do you think... At that point in looking ahead, are we going to keep hearing about these resorts being built? Um, is it Have we hit a tipping point for new development in Macau? Well, uh, Macau is a, is a pretty interesting market. It seems to be uh, the way Las Vegas was uh, about a decade ago, where they're kind of go, 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 and uh, every new resort is uh, something that's going to be new and exciting. Uh, and, of course, that Kotai Strip still has some uh, available uh, land, there are other companies that are Chinese companies and some Asian, other Asian companies that have looked at uh, developing there. And then certainly Mr. Adelson has some plans on opening some more. He, he has uh, not just the Venetian property, but some others that are under different brands. So there, there's a, a lot of potential for expansion there. Is it going to slow down? Of course, it's, it's, it has to. <clears throat> but the, the fact is, is that at the present time, the market will support it because there are just so many middle-class residents who are coming to Macau, uh, the infrastructure going into the city is, is also expanding. It's a high-speed rail that would, would lead actually out to, uh, to Macau, uh, and new highways that are being built, and uh, actually a new bridge that would connect Hong Kong to Macau. So there's a lot of things that are going in order to bring more people in. And it just seems to keep growing. And, of course, the revenue also is growing. It's now the by far much larger than uh, the Las Vegas market in terms of gambling revenue. No, absolutely. And, and Wynn locally did pretty good. He um, last quarter in the fourth quarter of 2011 um, or 2012, sorry, um, do, can we expect an upward yeah. trend with our, our local money, or is it all going to be I, overseas? I, I think it's really interesting because um, almost all the discussion, I'd say you know, 95% of the discussion in the earnings conference call was about Macau and what's going on in Macau. But the reality is, is that uh, the revenue from uh, Macau slipped a little bit in the fourth quarter of 2012, and actually Las Vegas improved. So that's uh, that. I think that bodes really well for the local economy, seeing that that 
uh, at least there's some kind of a turnaround going on as far as uh, Mr. Wynn's resorts. And that's contrary to what we have been seeing before. It yes, was all uh, the money it was out of China. Exactly, Macau. exactly. The, the story has always been uh, Macau has kind of carried the company. Um, and, and even though the, by volume it still does carry the company, uh, just the fact that we're seeing a greater improvement in the Las Vegas market versus a decline in the Macau market, I think that that kind of shows that uh, maybe a balance is coming. I mean, we're never going to see revenue as great as Macau, I, I would say, uh, not anymore. But at the, at the same time, just the fact that we're seeing an improvement in Las Vegas is good. Well, absolutely. That's good news. Speaking of tourism, um, our travelers and visitors might run into a couple problems depending on how things shake out with our taxi cabs. Um, we've talked about this before. There's been a looming potential of a strike, if not a looming strike itself, uh, for weeks now. What's the latest? Uh, it, it's a very fluid story. And, and in, in fact, uh, since we're taping this earlier than the uh, than it's being broadcasted, it, it's possible that some other things could happen uh, between now and, and, and today. But... Um, the, the, the fact is, is that on Wednesday there was a, uh, a picket line that was uh, informational, it was peaceful, and it was uh, something that uh, cab drivers, uh, about uh, 150 of them, were out uh, in front of the Las Vegas Convention Center uh, trying to get the public aware of the contract that uh, they have been given. Now, as far as Yellow Checker Star, and they're the second largest cab company in Las Vegas, as far as they're concerned, this is all over. They've, they've issued the contract. They, uh, sure, the drivers in the union rejected it, but uh, they're just going to go ahead and enforce that, that, um, that contract. It took effect uh, a week ago Sunday. So uh, as far as they're concerned, this is, all, this is all done. This is all a done deal. But as you, as you recall, the last time we talked about this, Dellen, they have also authorized a strike vote. So a strike could occur at any time. Um, how much impact would that have? It's kind of hard to say because not every driver for Yellow Checker Star is union. And in, in, a, in addition to that, there was a lot of concern that the largest company, Frias Transportation, was also having some uh, labor issues, and it was possible that both of those companies would be on strike at the same time. That got the attention of the Taxi Cab Authority. However, now we're only talking about uh, some problems with Yellow Checker Star. It's possible that some of the other companies would be able to absorb any shortage of cabs that might occur. And really, there aren't any huge, huge uh, conventions. There's magic that's coming up. We've got uh, NASCAR coming up uh, towards the uh, towards the beginning of March. Uh, but uh, as far as really big uh, cab events like Super Bowl, those are passed. So uh, the impact is going to be questionable in terms of how effective any kind of a strike action would be. And actually... Yellow Checker Star is essentially thumbing their nose further at their union members or employees because they're putting ads out for new drivers. Right. The, the, an advertisement uh, ran in the Las Vegas Review Journal on Wednesday last week. And um, basically, they, uh, they uh, ha- half page full color, they, they kind of explained all the benefits that uh, are involved. I think they somewhat exaggerated the uh, the salaries that you could make. Uh, it, it was pretty good salaries. Yeah, it looked looked pretty pretty good. These you know up to sixty thousand dollars with tips. Well, congratulations to the cab driver who's able to make that. But uh, from all the experience I've had talking to cab drivers, they they are always lamenting the fact that they barely make minimum wage, and a number of their drivers qualify for welfare and food stamps. So uh. it's it's not exactly as rosy as it's being presented. But at the same time. Uh, you're right. This is uh, this is the company that's making their move to 
do a stopgap if there's a, a work stoppage and they lose some employees, they'll just fire employees and hire new ones. And how does that work? Would those new employees be members of the union? Uh, they would uh, uh, probably be courted by the union and uh, they wouldn't automatically become members. But uh, if they did, chose to, to join the union, they could certainly do so. So they could be hired and then walk out the door on strike in theory. <laughs> if they wanted to. <laughs> I don't sure see the, the point. But I, I wouldn't see the point either. And I, I'm sure that uh, when they have an interview with the, uh, with the prospective new drivers, that maybe they would talk a little bit about what the union does and um, maybe dissuade them from joining. It's kind of hard to say. Yeah, question number one, how do you feel about unions? Right. Well, thanks so much, Rick. I really appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for having me, Dallin. Rick Villada is a business reporter for Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. You can follow his coverage at VegasInc.com and LasVegasSun.com. This is Vegas Inc. Radio, part of Waking Up With The Sun. We're here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. I'm your host, Dallin Goldberg, business editor of Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. Thanks to Stephen Zeller, our producer, and the KUNV team. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your day.